Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of All Things Reconsidered with Brandon and Joey. And oh, what is this? I want to say my own name. Well, jeez, I didn't want to take your spot from you, man. Go ahead. I'm Brandon. That's Brandon. And, uh, and I guess you're in a bit of a, a, a sour mood today. I am fine. <laughs> I was fine until you tried to take my name from me. I was just trying to I was just trying to speed up the process. People want to get to the, the show. They, they don't want to hear an introduction spiel for too long. Yeah, and now see how much longer it's taken because you tried saying my name? I mean, I would think most people would say that that's on you more than me. So... <laughs> mm-hmm. Guys, I'm sorry we're having our, our first ever All Things Reconsidered drama. It looks like, looks like the band's breaking up. This is the absolute first drama that All Things Reconsidered has. <laughs> the band's breaking up. Uh, we're going our separate ways. Now he's taking the All Things. I'm taking the Reconsidered. And uh, Sounds fair. Yeah, sounds, sounds fair. Yeah. Uh, well, let's at least finish this episode first. Before we before we officially break, up. I'll allow it. Okay, thank you, uh, guys. But we're not actually breaking up. I don't want people to think that this is the last episode <laughs> of All Things Reconsidered. Uh, we could just cut all this out if you want to. I don't care what we do with it. You know, we'll fill it out. Need, well, oh. all right. Now to the uh, <laughs> intro proper. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to All Things Reconsidered, where we navigate through deconstruction and reconstructing our faith together. I'm Joey. And I'm Brandon. And I just want to say, guys, thanks again for being with us. We are now uh, about two and a half months into yeah. the show. We've had a lot of fun so far. And uh, you're probably coming right... We're probably posting this right after that interview with uh, Tim from the New Evangelicals. Yes. So we've had a lot of fun stuff and, and a lot of really great things planned for the future. Some more guests that we're excited about. And we've had some conversation about purity culture and about creationism, about the rapture. Yeah, LGBTQ culture in the church. Yes. I mean, all sorts of things. Yes, and we are just getting started. Yeah. And so I'm really happy that you guys are here. And if this is your first time here and you're interested in any of those things that we just said. Welcome. Welcome. And please like the video, subscribe, and go ahead and check out some of those other topics that we've done before. Because uh, I'm really proud of a lot of those. Yeah. Some of them not as much. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we've not changed our mind on too much of those things yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty current on what we believe. So Yeah, as of right now. Um, and, and I want to say this is the official podcast of Joey and Brandon, and that's it. Uh, Only so. Joey and Brandon. <laughs> yes. Only the All Things Reconsidered podcast. <laughs> Nobody else. Yes, that's right. Um, all right, so we have a lot of fun stuff to get into today. I know today we wanted to talk about a topic very important to you yes. uh, personally. Yeah, so um, today I kind of want to briefly touch on uh, mental health and how mm-hmm. the church and Christian culture has kind of again butchered how we talk about these things and approach them um it's something that i have dealt with for a majority of my life family right. members of mine friends of mine right and uh i think it's just an important conversation for the church to start having obviously you know it's kind of a hard thing to boil down into an hour-long podcast with two people who are just two guys on the internet yeah still not experts if you're new here we are not experts at any of this that's true um we're just two guys that talk about things a lot me and joey have known each other for a while and have had these conversations right uh just over the phone hanging out with each other and we Mm -hmm. decided to be brave and put them on the internet yeah 
Yeah. Where everything can kind of come back to bite in the butt. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm excited to get into the mental health topic because you're right. It, it absolutely is something that needs to be discussed. Yeah. The churches, the, specifically the evangelical American church's handling of the topic. Right. Um, well, it leaves a lot to be desired. Right. And we have a lot to get into for that. Yeah. Something else we'll touch on today, too, I think kind of goes hand in hand with it, mm-hmm. is uh, faith healing. Yes. Um, you know, and how we've kind of put a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on prayer to fix everything mm-hmm. as opposed to you know, seeking out wisdom in other areas. Right. So very excited to touch on that because that is also something that has deeply affected Mm -hmm. me personally, my family. And so just two Mm -hmm. bigger topics that I think can lead to a good discussion. Right. And that faith healing thing, man, is also a topic that has led to a lot of deconstruction for many because they see how it is often abused and faked by, by some televangelists. Um, so that's definitely worth getting into. Yeah. But before we do, oh. did you see the new trailer that dropped? I've I've not watched it completely yet, but oh, oh boy, have I started it. <laughs> so <laughs> we are, you know, finally at the point where the theaters are back open. Thankfully. Pe- people are going back to the movies. Yes. And Marvel celebrated with Black Widow. Which I've seen twice already. Yes. Listen, Regal Unlimited. Joey, I don't care <laughs> that you own an AMC stock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Regal. It is the better theater. AMC to the moon. Come on. Uh, drop it in the comments. What's better, AMC or Regal? AMC I'm not, I'm not talking to the about moon. For your meme stocks, okay? I'm talking meme about stocks. for Those your meme stocks movie, are going to buy us a new camera someday. Movie <laughs> watching pleasure. Like, if you're going to a theater. Mm-hmm. For a premium experience, right. you're going to the Regal. Look, that's not what we... My point is, <laughs> that's fine. Anyways, they're back open. I've seen movies. It's been an incredible time. And, and Pure Flix is celebrating the sure reopening of, of theaters as well because they just dropped their trailer for God's Not Dead 4. Four! And, yeah, yeah. How, how are there four of these? <laughs> Who greenlit two? Yeah, I man... Pure Flix is cranking these out. They are grinding these things. And and so we have four out. The subtitle is called uh, We the People. Right. Um, which is like, what a missed opportunity. It could have been God's Not Dead for the people. Uh, but Oh, my God. You know, that's why they need to hire us, I think, as consultants. Of course, we'd also tell them, don't do any of this because it's all Christian nationalism garbage. Correct. Right. Uh, so it should I, just be called... God's not dead, and he's for Christian nationalism. Yeah, See? yeah for Christian nationalism. I love it. Yeah, it's funny. The uh, The trailer opens with the first voice you hear is that of Ronald Reagan. The golden boy. The apostle of the Church of Christian Nationalism. The golden boy. You know, the the, the Christian nationalists, they have their own holy days. They have, yep. they have their own apostles. They have their own holy writ and, and, and traditions and, and, and all of that. Right. And without a doubt, Ronald Reagan is one of their big, big ones. It's, that's yeah. one of their apostles. Right. I sure. mean, if... Donald Trump is Jesus, then Ronald Reagan is definitely John, you John know, the Baptist. John the Baptist in yeah. the wilderness paving the way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that, that's obvious. <laughs> but uh, what, what's funny to me about the poster, if you look at the poster for God Sent End, which we will put on the screen right there, uh, you'll see that you have this Christian nationalist standing proudly kind of looking at the National Mall, and you see the, the Washington right. Monument, and you see in the sunset the Capitol building. Yep. And he's like looking towards the Capitol with this reverence, with this love. And it's like, hold up, we did not forget your Christian nationalists were just storming that building only a few months ago. Correct. That's the building you guys are trying to take over using violence. Correct. And now you're looking at it with reverence. 
And now, listen, surprisingly, I've not kept up with the uh, mm. God's Not Dead saga oh, thus man. far. We need to but watch them and react if YouTube, if YouTube will let us keep them up. Isn't the uh, the main character, at least in the trailer of God's Not Dead 4, mm-hmm. like the philosophy professor from the first one? Oh, no, he died. Okay, but yeah. he looks like the same guy. Yeah, they do look kind of similar, but no, that that philosophy... Okay, so it is a different guy. Yeah, in the first one, the philosophy professor... That's why I was confused. He, he gets in a car he accident. He hit by, like, a car or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. because that's, like... The, the, the biggest criticism that people have about the first one, and really all of them, right. is the unfair treatment and general just hatred for atheists. Right. Um, where they depict atheists as just hating God, yep. being mad at God, um, having a terrible life because of that... And just being general creeps yeah. for those reasons. Um, and so then, of course, he, like, gets saved, but he still ends up dead. Gotcha. Um, and, but no, this guy... This he guy, has, like, that, like, you know, very last, like, mm-hmm. moment, like, dying breath, like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, because the only way to... I'm saved again, kind you, of thing. He you, used to be saved, though. Like, we're, we're doing a whole... Like, <laughs> I don't know how we spun off into a synopsis of The God's Not Dead. I don't know, but the movie, the movie but 4 looks hilarious. It does. It looks really... Um, Very much setting part... up for the Republicans to be the good guys, the Democrats to be the bad guys. Yeah. Well, you well, see the, the scene whole... about the education, though? Yes. that's the That seems to be what that's focused on, is that they create a... a um, the homeschoolers, homeschoolers are shown off as, yeah. as being, like, this Christian way to make sure that... that they're getting a godly education as opposed to the evils of public school systems. Also known as a good education. Right. Um, and it, it shows this is ridiculous. So the whole thing is about the, these parents fighting against the government because they want to impose some um, red leg, some legislation to basically keep up on homeschooling to make sure that it's up to par. Right. And so it shows a, a social worker coming to the house to like monitor the homeschooling. Yeah. And it places like dramatic and somber music like this is so bad. But a few things. How is it okay that uh, that the government just simply making sure that kids aren't being like abused in homeschooling environments and that kids are learning something like that is what we're presenting as being this horrifying evil thing with the dramatic piano in the background. Yeah, because like, give Christian, me a break. If Christian nationalists hate one thing. Mm-hmm. It's oversight and accountability. Right. But what's funny is that, so I actually was homeschooled as a kid for yes, you were. A, a few years. Not, why do you say it like that? <laughs> Isn't that obvious? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I said that because I know. I, I okay. know. Well, that's really funny. <laughs> well, I guess you can kind of tell that I'm a bit of a nerd, and that kind of goes hand in hand with homeschoolers. I'm sorry to homeschoolers who are watching, but come I on. You know it's true. I was in public school my entire life, and I'm also a nerd. Well, there you go. But I just hide it a whole lot better than he does. <laughs> it's true. Um, here's the thing, though. So I was homeschooled for... For, for several years of my my younger grade years yep. and it was actually great like i loved that it was a lot of fun i did eventually go to public school but like i didn't have a bad homeschooling uh, experience sure. it's actually really good so i have no personal qualms with homeschooling right yeah. but just because i had a good experience doesn't mean that that's it for all homeschoolers a lot right. of a lot of children suffer serious abuse in homeschooling yeah. systems because and there's no oversight there's no protection they have no one they can really go to that and was so honestly a big idea, thing about the pandemic as well yeah like um there were people genuinely concerned mm-hmm. for children that were in abusive homes that had to stay at home yes all day now and exactly. so that very much is a thing that needs to be addressed and taken care of exactly so we can't be ignorant to that so the idea right. The government would be checking in just to monitor for those kind of things, and that's our big stand as Christians: is to be against that. It's just—it's an odd thing to hang our hat on. Exactly, it's a very odd thing to get all up in arms for. Now, I will say this trailer, at least at the beginning, probably had one of the biggest like 
mic drop moments. Oh yeah, they love those of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm giving you a paraphrase because I don't have it pulled up here in front of sure, me. Sure, sure. But you know, one one of the government officials is like, is this really the hill that you're willing to die on? <laughs> yep, and the yep. main character comes back and says, this religion was started by a man <laughs> that was willing to die on a hill. And I was <laughs> right. like. Ooh, right. got him. <laughs> Let's go. Because comparing yourself, <laughs> getting mad about the government wanting to make sure that your kids are getting a quality education, to Jesus dying to defeat death itself and to free us from the bondage of sin. How does how does how does that work, Brandon? I just, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. I just, if that's the conclusion that you made, then perhaps the government should have watched your schooling because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little mean. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, so we're going to leave God's Not Dead alone, at least for now. <laughs> Love it. Four? Four? I, I, I get, it. get it. I get it. Pure Flix should write you a check. You can write their titles for them. Listen, I'm, I'm applying tomorrow. <laughs> um, anyways, if you want to see a great guy break down this trailer i highly recommend you check out the new evangelical youtube page mm-hmm. our buddy tim he we did an interview with him yeah. last week yes um go check it out he breaks it down he's hilarious does a great job you know yeah. kind of going into the very obvious mm-hmm. yet trying to be subvert uh mm-hmm. Governmental, yeah, this political worship. undertones. Well, it's a it's it's a odd obsession, yeah, with government, with with specifically conservative government, right? It's why we call it Christian nationalism because it's not a Christianity focused on Jesus. It's a Christianity right. focused on Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. Yeah, so go check out his video breaking down the trailer. Yes, and you should see our video where we interview him because yeah. he's a super uh, smart guy. So please go check that out. Yep, and. Um, well, Joey, let's uh let's hop into it, bud. Yeah, so one of the things we were just talking about is how the pandemic was especially difficult for children, uh, maybe in in abusive homes and right. things like that. Um, what was the pandemic like for you? Did you did you actually catch COVID? So yes, I did. I was an essential worker, yeah. so schedule wise, my life changed not at all. Mm. But I did get COVID. Okay, and so I was off for two weeks with that. And let me tell you what, Joey, it was awful oh i'm sure it was I never had it but terrible i get it's different for everybody there are people that i know that mm-hmm. you know it did not affect barely at all yeah but my lord i mean it put me on my couch for just about 10 days straight and it wow. was it was rough wow yeah that that does sound pretty terrible that actually just sounds like my teenage years i just spent a lot of time on the couch <laughs> <laughs> but i wasn't sick i was just lazy well i'm sure you also had to deal with a lot of uh uh, annoying help from yeah. some of the Christian community. What was what was that like? So, uh, so have you tried praying? Yeah, I'm sure you heard that a lot, huh? Um, so you know, you should believe the Lord for healing, right? Uh, you know, if you had faith, you wouldn't have caught COVID. <laughs> heard that one once or twice. Really? And People really like, told you this stuff. Yeah, I'm like, you do realize uh-huh. I have plenty of faith. Yeah, like I like I don't put this on God as to why I got COVID. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, if it, anything, I mean, you know, the the, the faith healing thing um, is such a weird topic for me because we still believe in healing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. we do. But it's so obvious that that the faith healer kind of movement um, took something that there was truth to, but but 
twisted it and, right. and, and created something that can actually hurt a lot of people. Right. When you tell people, you know, you're sick because of your lack of faith or you just need to believe more. Correct. You need to sow more. You need to give more money, you know, yep. whatever it might be. As if, there, if this, as if this is a transaction. You know, I think that's I think that's the underlying problem with a lot of what I see in faith healing. Yeah, is that they treat miracles from God as transactional. Yeah, right. You you give your faith, you give your your seed, your, you sow your seed, you give what you need to do, what you need to do, and then God's going to pay you back with a miracle. Which is, I mean, but that's also how a lot of the people in this uh, in this realm also view salvation. Yeah, is it's very transactional. Yeah, it's just instead of us paying, you know, paying for it, Jesus. Mm-hmm paid god for it right you know so we pay god for our miracle with the sewing tie you mm. know not even tithe sewing offerings yeah and prayers yeah and we you know he pays us back with a miracle jesus paid god for our salvation and he paid us back by not sending us to hell right so i mean this culture very much looks at everything as transactional mm-hmm. which i mean honestly it's not that hard though to make that jump though because right. you know in america we're obsessed with capitalism right i was about to say it sounds like um a very americanized version of of, of faith, right? And I, I wonder if that has roots even in, in a very Roman um, uh, creation of that, yeah. Or, or if it is more of an American creation. But either way, it's it, it, you're right. It's interesting that we view it through an economic yeah. uh, transactional process, right? Where we, of course, know that Jesus didn't buy our salvation from God, right? Because God wasn't holding it back Correct. from yeah. us. He he, God through Jesus, they partnered to defeat death itself. It wasn't that Jesus got it from God, right? Um, and the same thing with healing. You know, you look at the stories in the Bible of people being healed. They weren't. They they had faith. Yes. Yeah. At least we assume most of them had faith. Sure. Not every story specifically says that, but in most cases, they didn't. You know, have to. God didn't tell them you need to believe more. You need to uh, pay this or that. Um, it wasn't exactly transactional in that way, but clearly faith healers have taken something that in the gospels looks free right. and has found a way to put a price tag on it. Right. Uh, because a lot of this is about their own edification. Yep. And I think a big part of it is yes, Jesus does call us to believe certain things. You know, yeah, you totally. have the friends who lower mm-hmm. their paralyzed friend down, you know, through the roof. Right. You know, they do all right. that work to get him to Jesus. And he says, right. because of your faith, your friend has been healed. Right. You have the man who's blind and he's like, you know, go down the river, put the mud on your eyes. He yeah. The trees, put it back on your eyes. Yeah. So there are times where Jesus calls us to do things. Sure. Sure. But it's not so much because he's looking for us to jump through all these hoops to pay for a miracle. Yes. It's more of, do you have faith that I will do what I said I'm going to do? Right, but we're not earning it. Right. Even if you put this mud on your eyes, I can still work through putting mud on your eyes. Yes. But there's never an instance where Jesus is like, you know, you need to give me money and then you will get your miracle. Exactly. Like his faith is never tied up in our finances when it comes to healing. Exactly. And the only reason why televangelists have taken that route is because there's a lot of money to be made. There is. I mean, we've already talked a lot about Peter Popoff in the past, but just look at that as an example. Right. Where there's, they find a way to prey on people at a very low time of their life. Yeah. A very desperate time of their life. They find a way to play into that and to say, you know, the reason why you're going through this is because you haven't shown enough faith. You haven't done the right things. Right. You know, I'm the prophet from God sent to you for, for this healing. And and they take advantage of them. Right. Now, I know that's not even a hot take. Everybody's aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the difficulty for a deconstructing Christian who does still believe in God being a healer is how do I deconstruct 
this terrible televangelist faith healer type of healing. Right. But yet still also hold on to Jesus did perform miracles in the New Testament. And I, you know, I, I believe in that. Yeah. How, how do you how do you cut that bad out and leave the good? It, it's kind of a difficult thing to to, to manage. Yeah, and honestly, like, I, I was talking to my wife about this um, a lot, actually. We, we talk yeah. about this topic a lot. Um, she has a chronic disease. Right. Um, she has Crohn's disease. No cure for it. Yeah. You know, so it's just something that she has dealt with since she was 16. She got rushed into an emergency surgery. Um, and right. so it's something that we have dealt with ever since we've been together. Right. And so she goes to the doctor constantly for infusions and iron infusions and all, yeah. the, all yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the question is always, well, you know, we've prayed for this, you mm-hmm. know, we've prayed for healing. Why haven't we seen it yet? Right. And we always say, or the evangelical culture always says, well, have you prayed enough? Yes. Have you put enough yes. faith behind it? Have you mm-hmm. done X, Y, and Z? Sow Are you actually seeds. believing God? You know, yeah. sow the seeds. And I believe that sometimes having no answer is better than having a bad answer. Yeah. Because I'm sorry to tell you guys this, but like, I don't have an answer to that question. Of why she's not healed. I don't have an answer to the question as to why your loved one died, even though Mm. you've been praying, you know, for years that they'd be healed. I don't know why they still have cancer, even Mm. though you've been praying about it. I don't have that answer. Yeah. But I do know that the answer is not... God thinks you haven't prayed enough. Yeah. That is not the answer. Right. And so we have in the Christian desire, the Christian need to have an answer to every single question. Mm -hmm. We have harmed people by saying, well, that's just God's plan. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard, you know, it's his will, you know, it's his will, not ours. So, you know, this is, this is what God wanted to happen. No, no, Mm -hmm. it's not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they, you're absolutely right when you said that it's our need to have answers. That is the hallmark of fundamentalism. Right. Is this idea that we have to have an answer ready for every situation. We have to have, be able to defend our position because we're always on defensive because right. we're always under attack, we think. And so instead of embracing ambiguity, admitting that we don't know and that there's a mystery here and just having faith in God, even in the midst of our doubt at times. Yeah. They say, no, we have an answer, and this is it. And we can't say that God isn't good enough to heal. We can't say that God chose not to heal, although, well, some Calvinists do. But that's a different different conversation. But most non-Calvinist evangelicals don't want to put the pressure on God, so they say, it's your fault. Right. You didn't believe well enough. You say you believe, but you must have secret sin. That's what I hear all the time. Secret sin, sin in the camp. You you have some coins hidden underneath your pillow. Yes, yes. Like, are there some, you know relics under your tent that's keeping God from moving and giving yeah, you the victory over that, this. That's, is that a story from Judges or is that in like Exodus? I, I haven't read that one in so long. I think uh, it's Judges. But yeah, that, that's a perfect example of a preacher cliche that they use, of the story of someone who uh, in the Israelite camp had stolen something and because of that, God's blessing was not near and Moses had to like root it out. It must have not been Judges if, if it was Moses. It must have been Exodus. That's but, true. But anyway, that, that's what I've heard is you have secret Oh, sin. it was Joshua. Ah. Joshua seven twenty two. So it wasn't Moses. Well, it wasn't Moses. That's my Bible college Joshua paying sent off. Messengers <laughs> and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. So right. I've heard that though. They so so they find a way to pin it on you. So right. so first, they, what they do is they take someone who's struggling with, say, a disease. Okay, yep. and they prey on your weakness and say, and they say you can have healing, and you just need to sow this money. You need to give this money. You need to believe, and it's going to happen. And so they 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 become this figure that you can trust.
trust and this figure that you that is sympathetic towards you right and that they they give their money they do what they got to do and then when it doesn't happen for them when they don't receive their healing they immediately turn to a different character right yeah where now they're not sympathetic to you anymore no now they've got their money from you and now you're asking questions and that's crossing a line right so now it's what's your secret sin yep you know uh, and so suddenly you this... can't just send money you yeah. have to believe exactly you have to believe you can't just send money mm-hmm. you have to repent for every sin yeah it so quickly goes from listen you send that money in and you put some faith on that you're gonna yeah. have healing you'll have your healing yeah 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 Oh, you haven't got your healing? Well, what are you doing wrong? Exactly. They turn from a sympathetic figure to immediately an accusatory, which is right. the hallmark of an abuser. It's an abusive relationship. And it's it's so easy for them to to use a, a twisting of scripture to get money from people. Right. And it's, it's horrifying every time I see it. You know, one of the first things uh, that started me off on deconstruction, I always point to learning about evolution from, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson's yep. show as, like, the first thing that really started. And that is one of the main things. Sure. But actually, there also was um, another thing that was, like, a factor in my deconstruction journey, um, it, it is, which is kind of a dorky way to put it, but whatever, um, is uh, this documentary that I, I stumbled upon on the internet called Miracles for Sale. Mm, okay. And yep. it was about the faith healer movement so in the documentary they uh actually show how a lot of the faith healers um uh, fake things and for me it was difficult to process that right away because i was still very much a fundamentalist i very much believed in people like benny hinn and and people like uh uh that's the only I can think of right now. Yeah. But, but I would watch Benny Hinn videos and I'd be amazed. I would watch these healers and I would I would I would get so you know emotionally invested. Sure. And then I see this documentary and it showed how a lot of what they do on stage is parlor tricks. They pointed out how a lot of times when they have a blind man up on stage, right. they said that first of all, statistically speaking, chances are that person is not one hundred percent blind. Sure. Chances are they can see figures and see shadowy things. Right. And then what they always would do, and they showed a, a montage of clips of them doing this. They would say, how many fingers am I holding up? And they would hold their fingers against their brightly colored jacket. So the contrast of their skin against the jacket, kind of it was easy even for someone who is very blind to, to, to be able to work it out. Right. And so like, that's that's kind of faking it. And then they even showed like a classic one that you see is Todd White. He does this the thing. The foot growing thing. The foot growing thing where, where one leg is shorter than the other, which is apparently something that is sweeping the nation apparently everybody has an issue honestly like and, i knew a kid in high school whose one leg was shorter than the other one. right uh, it's just interesting to me how todd white always finds them but, That's fair. but what he does is he pulls the heel of one of the shoes off Mm. And so they showed in slow motion, and they zoomed in on his hands, and you can clearly see that that's what he's doing. Right. He would pull on the, the the short leg and basically slide the heel of the shoe off just a bit. And they even showed, like, notice how he never does it with someone with flip-flops or something. Mm-hmm. It's always someone with shoes that he can easily pull, and then that makes it look that like it's longer and it's so like right. i was like what do i what do i do with this how do and, i process this if, if i i still have faith but now i'm seeing that a lot of this is easily faked and like here's like a quick interjection too like uh, here's what annoys me about that whole thing i don't know benny hen obviously i don't know todd white yeah right yeah i have been to hear todd white preach before oh yeah incredible guy i mean like he genuinely loves people which is like the foundation for good theology yeah, you know yeah like i was about to go into my surgery you know i had torn my acl right yeah, yeah. i was in ministry school had people praying every day that it would be healed and right. that i wouldn't need surgery right 
I needed surgery because yeah. I'd completely lacerated my ACL. <laughs> like it was completely yes. shredded. Yeah. And so this is the day before my surgery. Went to go hear him preach. I knew he was a big faith healer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, go down for prayer afterwards, prays for my knee, gives me a hug. Like, and you could genuinely feel that this man like just loves people and wants to see people healed. Right. My knee, you know, he asked me to check my knee. I was like, it's still in a lot of pain. Like, I still think there's issues. He goes, he goes, that's cool, man. Like, go see the doctor. You know, go have your surgery. Like, let me pray over the doctor. Let me pray over the surgeon that, you know, they'll, you know. Well, that's good. That they'll be, have steady hands. Yeah. So, it's like, he still very much, like, kind of was rooted in, like, okay, so we didn't see the miracle. Go to the doctor. Well, that's good. That's good. But, like, what frustrates me is, like, if you also have that, like, why feel the need to, you know, prove yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's how it comes across to me is, like, they feel that they feel the need to prove mm-hmm. that God can heal. They, they feel the need to prove that they're anointed to see healings. Yeah. But then they discount doctors in medicine and then they say you just don't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. If you, I had someone tell me that, you know, if you go to the doctor, you don't have faith in God. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm just not an idiot. Yeah, exactly. That's actually how um, they handle mental health, especially. Oh, yeah. Is they, they have this weirder... I mean, it's one thing to go to the doctor if you have cancer. Right. You know, but for some reason with evangelical com- churches and communities, there's this added stigma specifically about mental health. Right. Where it's almost as if you're admitting defeat and right. weakness if you were to see a therapist. Oh, trust me. I know yeah. deeply. Like, I yeah. was just... I recently was medicated for some mental health issues i have diagnosed adult adhd yeah which you know was very much a thing that people said that's not real yeah just yeah. focus more just pray that god would help you focus just yeah. pray that you know god would take the anxiety away mm-hmm. and it's like i prayed mm-hmm. a lot often yeah. and would still have panic attacks you know driving to work because i could not deal with mm-hmm everything bearing down on me right because the doctors even said the way your brain operates you are not set up Mm -hmm. to deal with having a hundred things to do yeah exactly and and so the fact that they would essentially discount people who do go to therapists uh therapy or or medic medicine for mental health issues because you don't have enough faith i think that's just disgusting and it's honestly whether it's intended to be this or not it becomes a just another way that we try to i think control people so that they're more receptive to our faith healing right i heard someone say one time why pay for a therapist when you can talk to the holy spirit for free why is it so wrong to talk to both and that, that was my thing. I'm like, yeah. okay. So and they're like, well, you know, why don't you just go to your pastor about these things? At our church, people have encouraged to go see a therapist. Yeah. To go to the doctor. Yeah. And that is something I deeply appreciate because, you know, no offense, but most pastors aren't set up to handle actual trauma. Yeah. And that oh, is right. no yeah. slight at them. But there are people who have gone to school mm-hmm. for years to deal with trauma. Yeah. And we can't discount the traumas of other people mm-hmm. in the name of God wants to heal you. Yeah. God healing you could very much come from you talking to someone who knows how to talk to you mm-hmm. exactly. and working through those things. Unfortunately, the Christian response to mental health is, I think, still stuck in 1995. Yeah. 
And that the reason I say that year specifically is because that's the year that Joyce Meyer released her famous book, The Battlefield of the Mind. Yes, it's when when you were <laughs> there. It is um, when you were talking to me about wanting to do an episode on mental health. I looked. I came over here to our little mini Lifeway bookstore, nice. and I I thought, okay, what do we have about that? And Battlefield of the Minds took right out. So that book is very significant, and this is perfect because she's both a televangelist, which we were talking about earlier. Right. And she has this topic on this book on mental health. Perfect. Um, so it fits it nicely. But so she released this book in 1995. It becomes a massive success. Her right. single biggest book. I mean, anyone watching who grew up with Christian in a Christian home, you probably saw that book on your parents' bookshelf because they, it was everywhere. Probably. And, um, that is where the conversation of mental health seems to be stuck. So what she was saying was essentially um, that positive thoughts lead to positive results, that you sure. need to think your way out of your situation. Um, and honestly, there's a lot of good in that book. Yeah, sure. And there's a lot of good in that thinking, in that Absolutely. teaching. And, and so I don't want to discount, you know, there may be even people watching who that would book really help them. And I don't want to take that from you. I'm not saying that anything's wrong with right. it. But the problem is that it, it's it's far from a complete handling of yeah. mental health. It's like that is a great, for me, that's a great leadoff point. Yes. But that shouldn't be where the conversation ends. Exactly. Now, the book is, is full of Bible verses. I mean, it, it's got some good stuff in there. Right. But, like, it's shallow and harmful in many other ways because it's... Because of how shallow shallow it is exactly i think that's what people don't understand is just because there are some truths in something yeah doesn't mean it can't be harmful mm-hmm. because when you have someone who is looking for answers and looking for how you're supposed to solve something it's like a pool there yeah. are warnings when you're at a pool to not dive headfirst into the shallow end right, right because it will hurt you right now if you wade into the shallow end uh-huh. and begin there yeah it's perfectly fine. It's safe. It's a good place for you to start. But if you dive right into something that's shallow, it can cause injury. It can yes. cause problems mm-hmm. because you're putting way too much trust mm-hmm. and faith in something that isn't geared mm-hmm. to actually handle what you're throwing at it. Right. And here's some of the shallow things that have caused problems from this teaching. And and it's not just this book. I'm not just harping on Joyce Meyer, first of right, all. Right, sure. For one thing, out of all the televangelists, Joyce Meyer is actually, I think, the least problematic. Oh, yeah. Out of all the tele... I mean, she's right. no Kenneth Copeland or Benny no. Hinn. Like, you, you might, I might have issues. <laughs> you have blown away COVID. Just blown away COVID real quick. <laughs> you might have, like, issues with her, but uh, she's the least problematic of the televangelists. Yeah. So I have nothing against her personally. The reason why I'm harping on this book is because the teaching of that book I think have permeated all of evangelical culture yeah absolutely. it's basically the idea of your ironically because she's a woman right <laughs> right uh, but it's the idea of you need to renew your mind they take the, the verses about the mind of Christ renew yep. your mind in Christ uh, you need to basically feel better by thinking better the power of positive thought it, it you hear it from Joel Osteen from T.D. Jakes from yeah. Creflo Dollar a lot of these guys talk about your words frame your world you know right and and uh, that's very um uh, what's his name? Kenneth e. Hagen. It was yeah. all about that. So, so that's why it's so important. Now, the problem is that uh, the, it's actually very similar in thought to that book that came out in 2006 called The Secret. Have you heard of that? I've not. It, it was all over the place. It's all about this idea called new thought metaphysics. And it's about the the power of attraction and sure. about saying good things and receiving good results. Yeah, okay. So yep. The Secret became huge. I mean, it was all over, like Oprah Winfrey pushed it. I mean, it was huge. Gotcha. And Christians lauded it as being new agey and, and, and hokey and, and paganistic and satanic. Yep. But what they don't realize is that a lot of that satanic stuff that they're calling satanic is the same thing we're teaching just with different languaging yeah correct you take this 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 
power of attraction and replace it with with you know talking about um, the renewed mind. Yeah. Take same you know, thing. Jesus, replace Jesus with energy. You have the exact same thing. So right. a lot of where the church is at on mental health is no different than than what we have in other cases called pagan. Yeah. And like, here's what gets me too about that kind of that kind of conversation. Yeah. Is we have no issue whenever we put Christian words on it. Exactly. When you put New Age words on it, you know, it's it's satanic and demonic and all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, it may just because it's true. Yeah. There are truths to it. Mm-hmm. And some people don't like whenever you look at it through a Christian lens. So they put it in, you know, the universe as opposed to God. You know, the yeah. universe will give back to you the kind of words that you put out there. Yeah, Karma yeah, yeah. and, you know, good vibes and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's because there is some truth to it. Mm-hmm. But just like you would look at a book and saying, you know, make sure you do right by the universe and say, oh, man, that's a bunch of hokey crap. Mm-hmm. You have to do right by God and he'll pay it back to you. It's yeah, like, yeah. well, you don't realize not exactly how it works. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Because you have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. depressed. Yeah. Yeah. But Lord, they... take this cup from me. That's so true. Like, if yeah. I don't have to do this, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Jesus was depressed. Jesus was upset that the disciples didn't stay awake I to know. pray with him. So are we going to say that Jesus didn't have a renewed mind? Exactly. I mean, but they don't think about it that way. I think that it's important to point out that, like, a lot of what she says, some of it, like you said, is simplistic and it is good. Right. She talks about the power of having positive thinking. Which is good. That's which is a good. good thing. And she talks about how you shouldn't be throwing yourself pity parties. Which is a which good is thing. Which is good. But a lot of what she says is so shallow because it's only really good for people who are going through a difficult time of their life. Maybe if right. just like someone in your life just died and now you're you're depressed, but you're not normally a depressed person. Right, exactly. You're just going through a depressing time. Right. It's good for that. But for someone who actually has clinical depression or clinical issues, this kind of stuff can almost be insulting. Right. Because and and, and so it's important that the church goes so much deeper than that. And when Joyce in the book, it, it, she has this. She writes with this almost air, this almost attitude that if you are still unhappy after doing what I told you to do, there's no hope for you. Or, or <laughs> you did it wrong. Right. Yeah. But it's not an issue with my instructions. Right. It's an issue with you. And, and I think it's because we look at how people deal with these things wrong. You yes. know, you can be an anxious person and not have anxiety. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. You can be upset but not have depression. Yeah. And it's because, I think it's honestly because, you know, our generation and, the, you know, the generation follows millennials and Gen Z years and all mm-hmm. that. We're starting to put more research. I mean, honestly, there's just been more research into things like mental health. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so the church isn't, the church takes 50 years to catch up on anything. Right. You know? And so I'm interested to see kind of how this topic is handled in 50 years whenever it moves mm-hmm. from being progressive to care about your mental health <laughs> right. to just something that's like, okay, you know, we need, need to, we need to pay more attention yeah. to this. Oh, I, I'm excited you know, for that too. So for someone like me who, you know, I have ADHD, I'm not, I'm not a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I am not an anxious person. Mm-hmm. I have anxiety because of how my brain physically functions. There's something about this that I think is going to especially upset you because um, because you are describing how your brain works in a certain way right? and how the things that you're experiencing aren't because you are a bad person. Right. It's because your brain is wired a certain way. Right. Well, in uh, this, when you listen to some of these evangelicals talk 
about the renewed mind. Yeah. A lot of times they present, Joyce included, they present this idea that there is a normal mind that you should have. There is this idea of um, this is what your mind should be. This okay. is what is a normal person's mind. And according to, there's a whole chapter in here that I, I flipped through before doing this, where she talks about that normal Christian mind. Mm-hmm. And she basically says that a normal Christian mind is never wandering, it's never wondering, and it, it's it's never busy. That's a that, bad news for me. <laughs> I know. And so she says that a normal Christian mind should not be busy. That if you're in your mind, like, trying to grapple with multiple things at once, and you're trying to, like, think through different problems, you're busy, you're wandering... Um, or even just wondering, like questioning things, that those things are from the enemy. And that the normal Christian mind is supposed to be clear and peaceful at all times. And so the problem with that, as you know, is that not everyone's brain is wired the same. Right. And that especially like introverted people, um, a lot of introverts are always thinking on, on multiple different levels. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they even have done brain scans to back this sort of science up. Right. That a lot of introverts are thinking through lots of things at once, and it's not because they are are, are sinning or right. like yeah, they absolutely. have an issue. It, it's just so to present one clear cut. This is what your mind should be can be extremely uh, depressing for someone reading them, being like, "Well, that's just not where I'm at." Right now, they think they have issues. You know, further that they need, that they're unhappy with themselves now, yeah. and. And it's like it's people just, ask me, like, you know, well, how, you know, this is a, this is an argument that I've heard from some people mm-hmm. whenever they found out that I got medicated for this. Yeah. They're like, well, how do you know it's making a difference? I'm like, because I prayed for 10 years mm-hmm. that, you know, God would fix this and nothing changed. And like, I mean, I prayed, you yeah. know, going yeah. in the closet, praying for hours, you know, like on my way to work, just praying that I'd have a good day, focused, all this stuff, and still just kind of succumb to... Mm-hmm. how my brain is wired yeah i get on medication and a month later i there is a noticeable difference my wife can tell a difference my boss can tell a difference wow. and like well what like how did this change it and i'm mm-hmm. like well like i don't feel like i have a hundred things running through my brain at a time right it's that normal mind that she's talking about yeah. some people can't just pray into it yeah you know definitely there is no issue to go see a trained medical professional mm-hmm. to help you get to that normal state. Yeah. Like There's I think the- and I think that's what bothers me so much is because I believe we've seen such an uptick in things like and trigger warning here. I believe that we've seen an uptick in things like suicide in the church and especially in pastors because they deal with things like depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. social anxieties and they don't know how to deal with it and they try praying it away. Mm-hmm. And then they end up taking their lives because they just can't deal with it anymore. And they internalize so much guilt and right. shame when the pray it away doesn't work. Because they're preaching that, you know, you can have your victory over this and they don't even have their own victory. Yeah. And so they feel like frauds. Right. And they feel like they can't admit that they're dealing with it because that would mean that their prayer life is bad yeah. somehow. And then people, if, if you found out that your pastor is going to therapy, mm-hmm. like, let's be honest here for a second. A lot of people have a lot of people would have issues with not that that they should. Obviously that should not be stigmatized, but they, a lot of people would. Yeah. And so I think that's my biggest issue is we have so stigmatized Mm -hmm. going to see a therapist that there are people in the church killing themselves because they don't know how to deal with these problems. Yep. And and they have people on TV telling them that the problems are all on them. Right. I I just, it frustrates me to no end. Another, and another part of it that, that I I just want to get 
your take on. Yeah. Because I'm grappling with this idea, and I, I, well, I have my own opinions, but I really want to hear sure. what you think. Um, is this idea that the negative thoughts that a depressed person hears, mm-hmm. the negative thoughts that an anxious person hears, that those thoughts come from the devil, that the devil himself is able to basically whisper into our ears, and that your depression, your thoughts that are, are not lining up with the word of God, that those are literally from him. And I, I hear this a lot. In fact, the first two sections of the of Joyce's book yeah. are all about that. It starts out with saying, you know, you're in a battle because the devil is telling you bad things, bad thoughts. Sure. The problem I have with that is that when someone's struggling with depression and you tell them your depression, what you're thinking, what you're going through is all from the devil. I know that you think you're telling them, like, good news, it's not on you, it's right. on the devil. Right. You know, he's the bad one here. But I think that can actually have a, a total backlash a total opposite effect because now they're not only thinking i'm depressed and and i need help they're thinking i'm under attack from the devil right and for a lot of people that's just more anxiety that you're hyping on them and i also think that in another way it can become a um Oh, a scapegoat. Sure. To yeah. not deal with the issue ourselves, to not go and seek help, because now we're just blaming the devil. Right. And that that's where I was going to kind of take it is yeah. I heard people telling me, you know, oh, well, it's just an attack of the enemy. You know, like God has something for you. And so yeah. the devil's attacking you because you have a huge calling on your life, Yeah, which caused even more anxiety because I'm like, if I don't get this right. Like, if I can't, like, stop these thoughts, then God's not going to be able to use me and, you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen because we love to tell people how important they are. Yeah. Whenever at the end of the day, God will make all things unto himself all by himself. Yes. Yes. Like, I just want to put a lot of people's mind at ease. God doesn't need you. Yeah. God wants you. And there's a huge difference there. Absolutely. Like, God doesn't need you to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. God wants you. To go out and fill the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need you to renew the earth. God wants you to be a part of the renewal of the earth. Yes. And so you can go ahead and take that pressure off of your shoulders because God is a whole lot bigger than we are. And he doesn't need us to accomplish anything. Yes. Yes. And so anyways, back to what we were talking about. Right. The whole, you know, the depressive thoughts. I think for me, hearing that it was of the devil didn't help at all because mm-hmm. of the whole, oh, well, I'll just pray it away. God will come in and fight the devil for me and I'll be good. Yeah. And when I've kept having those thoughts, I'm like, well, God isn't strong enough to beat these thoughts. Yeah. So it, it paints the devil out to be stronger right. than God. And so, and then on top of it, it also took the responsibility off of me mm-hmm. to not have those thoughts. Yeah. Because whenever I started self-actualizing, like mm-hmm. these depressive thoughts are me just highlighting all of my insecurities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gave me that power over them mm-hmm. and over myself mm-hmm. to say this isn't the devil right. this is me being very self-aware of my shortcomings and my you know in my flaws in myself yeah i need to start talking better about myself yes not because i needed some magical power not because i needed some special prayer but it's because i realized like i was talking down to myself i'm going to start talking up to myself mm-hmm. you know and so it was very much a I have got to stop putting the blame on the devil and I've got to start taking some personal responsibility to talk more positively about myself. Stop blaming the devil for everything. Yes, and we need to let people know that they can go ahead and get the help that they need. Yes. That it's okay to have both Jesus and a therapist. Want to know why? Because a therapist can't beat the devil. 
Yeah. But a therapist sure can teach you how to deal with the thoughts that you're having. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we we all know that giving um uh, we all, we all know that giving a depressed person a simple answer of well just stop being sad. We all know that's not helpful. We all know that that's a problem. So I heard all but the time just stop being lazy. Just stop procrastinating. I'm like right. I don't want to. I'm not trying to be lazy. I'm yeah. not trying to procrastinate. Right. I have this thing called executive paralysis. Mm-hmm. I make everything the number one priority, which physically wears me out yeah. and I don't get anything done because I'm yeah. stressing so much over everything that has to get done. I'm well aware mm-hmm. that all of this has to get done. Mm-hmm. I'm having anxiety that none of it is done yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you telling me to stop being lazy it doesn't help. Doesn't help at all because I literally could not be the furthest thing from lazy. Mm-hmm. I just cannot prioritize what needs to get done. And I get on medication, solve that. Yeah. So it's like it's amazing. We know that those kind of lazy quick simple answers or to like what you said like stopping lazy yeah or like to a depressed person stopping sad we know that those are a problem but we are still doing that as a as an evangelical church right we were saying it a little bit differently but at the end of the day we're just giving those simple answers because we don't want to have the longer and more challenging conversations yeah. we don't want to have to grapple with the fact that not all of these things are being solved by prayer right and we we don't know how to how to handle that we have to be willing to go deeper and then then a 1995 book or or these other renew your mind kind of teachings yeah and simply saying you know think more positively is just not enough right we it could be helpful for some but it's it should be added on there yes think positively yeah but also talk to someone that you trust have these kind of conversations and know that you're not being attacked by the devil right? and know that you're not made wrong and you don't have a, a, a deficiency, a deficiency of faith. Yeah. You just have a sickness that, that we can, that you can get help for. Right. And that's okay. And before people say, Oh, well you're just throwing out the Bible. We 100% believe to renew your mind. Yeah. I pray I every day, Lord renew my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I go take the medication that the doctor gave me to help me renew my mind. Yes. Exactly. Like it very much kind of goes back to this mentality of, and this is like this, this simple statement has changed how I view prayer greatly. Pray that the hungry be fed and then go feed the hungry. Yes. Be the answers to your prayers. Yeah. So I'm praying that my mind be renewed and then I'm going to talk to my doctor. Yeah. You know, pray that the sick be healed Mm -hmm. and then go pay off somebody's medical bills. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I think that um, we crave simplicity. Right. And so that's why we refuse to go any deeper than this. And we also love to take the responsibility off of ourselves. Well, yeah. if, you know, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. If you're not healed, that's between you and God. Yeah. And I have nothing to do with it anymore. Yeah. I told you that I'm praying for you. I can take my hands off of it. And if you're not healed, then it's not on me. I've done my job. I've done my job. That's as far as I'm willing to go. We're not actually caring for our neighbors. We're not actually loving our neighbors whenever mm-hmm. we simplify it like that. Yeah. Let's stop with the cliched answers. I am yes. almost 100% positive the person that has been coming to your church for 10 years mm-hmm. who is depressed still, who has anxiety still, knows all of the verses. Yes. They Sometimes you don't need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You need to listen to them. Yeah. Absolutely. And th- I think that is one thing that we highlight a lot on this podcast is the power in listening. Mm-hmm. We don't have all the answers for you guys. Yeah. But we sure can give a voice to the questions that you have. Mm-hmm. We sure can lend an ear to these conversations that need to be had. Yeah. And I think the church needs to learn it's okay to shut up and just listen. Yeah. Because like I said, sometimes no answer is much better than a bad answer.
That's right. You know, my my wife uh, also deals with a lot of of these kind of things, and I'm not saying anything that she'd be uncomfortable with. She's okay with me sure. sharing this kind of stuff. I just want to put that out there. But but she she deals with a lot of anxiety and depression really ever since um, it got much worse after having children because gotcha. she had postpartum, postpartum depression, and then that just never really went away to a full extent. Sure. Um, and so she's been praying and, and dealing with this for a long time. A lot of it um, privately or just between her and I, right. but not being very vocal about it because of the stigma surrounding Yeah, this. absolutely. Um, and she finally has been making some legitimate, some like serious uh, progress over the past few months and well, really the past year because she started seeing a therapist. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Bible verses aren't enough. I'm certainly not saying that. Right. I'm not saying that your church is not enough. Right. I'm just saying that sometimes what you need to do for your health is talk to someone else, even if it's not a Christian therapist. Right. I just, I would encourage everybody listening where if you have dealt with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts, yes, pray. Yes. Find a faith community, like find people to do life with. Yeah. But go see a therapist. Yes. Go see a doctor. Go talk to someone who is trained and knowledgeable and knows how to deal with the thoughts that you're having. Because mm-hmm. the last thing that needs to happen is you feel like you are so alone. Exactly. That there's no, like, you can't do it anymore. Right. It's, it's actually incredibly Christian to go and, and talk to someone about this. Yeah. You know, we think that it is a lack of faith to go talk to someone about, about what you're dealing with, to, to admit that you have depression, right. to see a therapist. We classify that as a, as a deficiency of faith. It's actually extremely Christian because the Christian faith is built around community. Yeah. It's built around coming together and being honest and vulnerable right. at a table and, 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 sh- and iron sharpening iron. Jesus it's, found his disciples. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't need his disciples to heal people. Right. Jesus was showing his disciples how to live this Christian life. But when Jesus needed his disciples, it's when he was going through the hardest time of his life when mm-hmm. he was getting ready to be crucified. Yes. Even Jesus was upset because he felt like he was alone in the hardest and lowest point of his life. And he called on people he could trust. Right. To help him through it. Get up here mm-hmm. and pray with me. Exactly. So, and that's why the Bible talks about how the church is meant to mourn together, to weep together. Right. That when one part of the body weeps, we're all weeping. And when one right. part celebrates, we're all celebrating. Because this Christian faith is a community faith. Yeah. And so what we do when we act as if you can't be honest about these things is we say we, we break away from that community. Yeah. And we go to our own prayer closet to deal with our own private issue privately alone. Right. Instead of bringing it to a community. Because of shame. Saying, exactly. I, I am not saying anything against the prayer closet. I'm no. not saying anything against reading the Bible. Still do that. Absolutely. Yes. But if you keep reading that Bible, it will tell you at some time you have to get out of that closet, go to a community, be together, right. and bring your issues in front and and talk with people you can trust. Yeah. Because we are supposed to be coming together, not breaking away in our own land to deal with our own issues alone. Right. So as Brandon was saying, please talk to someone. And maybe that's someone out of church. Maybe you have a church community you could talk to or friends or family. And if not, talk to a therapist. Yeah. 
or even if you do, still talk to the therapist. Right. Just whoever you need to talk to, but don't think that this is your own private battlefield of your own mind. It is not the battlefield of your mind. It is a battlefield for your Christian brothers and sisters to come together on. Right. And and, and we need each other, you know? Even yeah. Jesus needed people. I think that's one of the things that kind of frustrates me about the thought of it's not a religion, it's a relationship. That yeah. mentality is. Yeah. Christianity very much is a religion. Yes. You know? It there's, is. There's, I mean, I know there's a bad stigma around the word religion. Yeah. But at the end of the day, religion is a collective group of believers. Yeah. And to say it's not a religion, it's a relationship removes that collective part of it and exactly. makes you feel like it is just between you and Jesus. And if you introduce someone else to it, like you're being unfaithful to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's like, if I don't trust Jesus to deal with this mental health thing, like I'm like being unfaithful and I'm cheating on Jesus and he's going to be upset with me. Yeah. And I don't have enough faith in him. It, it, it's, it's the American idea that we are supposed to be very individualistic. Right. And independent. If, yeah. Very independent. So it's my own walk with God, my own personal relationship with Jesus, my own prayer closet where right. I deal with my own issues. Listen, a lot of that, there's truth to it. You should yeah. have a personal relationship with yes, Jesus. Have a per- I'm not have saying a you should personal private prayer life. Yes, we I'm both not, do. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just simply saying Christianity is about community, and that's where real miracles can happen. Right. You know, it's not about one guy on a stage with his own walk with God, and now he's sharing some miracles. Right. It's about us together. That's where miracles happen. Right. Look at the Book of Acts. I mean, yeah, the Holy Spirit came. Whenever people were in one accord, it wasn't one person in his prayer closet getting the Holy Ghost and someone else getting the Holy Ghost. It was they came together under one roof in the upper room together. Exactly. Whenever the fire of God fell and they launched this, you know, experiment called Christianity. Exactly. I've never personally dealt with depression. My wife has, and I know you have. I've never personally dealt with that on a major level. Um, And so for people, if you haven't, just know that the best thing you can do to help is to listen and to be that that community there for people where they know they can trust you and come and talk to you. Right. And so don't give them those quick answers that they've already heard. Right. Don't hit them with, you know, just think more positively. Right. Or, well, just renew your mind. Or, well, take the do the difficult work of weeping with them and, 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 honestly, and listening to them. This is honestly, like, I'll tell you one statement that helped me more than any of the verses that I already knew. Mm-hmm. Talking to somebody about my struggles and hearing, Dude, that sucks. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Because it does suck. Yeah. And having someone affirm that, like, what I'm going through sucks, and it's not as easy as just quoting something to make it go away. And it's not just an attack from the devil. Right. Like, just just... hearing, like, a, that really does suck. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that's happening to you. That sucks. Yeah. That honestly can help a lot of people. Well, exactly. That is the body of Christ weeping to them. They're not yeah, literally right. weeping. He wasn't literally right. weeping. I wasn't literally that, weeping. They weren't literally weeping. But that is what he was... He was joining together, though. It, exactly. It was sharing in uh, the, the issue, just right. for a moment even. And, and that, in a way, is, is helping you to feel like you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyways, I think that is a good place to wrap up yeah guys if anyone's still listening know that uh we love you and that we're extremely thankful for all of your 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 all of you guys coming together and, and supporting us yeah and i hope that this channel means something to you guys and uh, also understand that uh we need your support even more so we do so subscribe if you haven't already like the videos and join our patreon because our discord chat is getting uh, getting Sorry. a little fuller yeah. every, every day it's growing and we would love to have you in that chat with us great hearing people talk about what they're going through and where they're at because you know again it's just proving that you're not alone with where you are you know like you're not going through this alone so join a you know a bunch of people that are exactly where you are and we can talk about it and 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, guys, again, thank you for being here. And uh, let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about next in the comments. Sound off on what you thought about this episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>